Welcome back to the Northern Steel Podcast. This is episode 29. My name is Dominic, and with me as always, as always, besides last week, is my brother, Chris. Glad to have you back, Chris. How was Hurricane I- uh, Ian? Right? You Hurricane Ian? How was that? Uh, Hurricane Ian uh, was a blast. JK. A wink. Uh, an audible um, wink. <laughs> Um, no, it honestly, the area in which I was at was pretty chillax, um, which is good. You know, I saw videos and my heart goes out to everyone that was on the coastline, especially the Western coast of Florida, um, seeing all the flooding and and everything going on and all the, you know, housing is really tough. And uh, yeah, our hearts go out to you guys. Um, thankfully I was, I was smack dab in the middle of the state in Orlando, um, so a lot of high winds and rain, but nothing too serious, but good to be back. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're good too. And now I'm gone. Now I'm not in Minnesota. I am in Pittsburgh, baby. The land what? of our favorite team, the land of our passion, the steel city, the, the penguins. Yeah. The, well, it might have to be <laughs> after watching this team, <laughs> it might have to be, but I'm here in Pittsburgh for work right now. Uh, it's great. I got to. See the city uh, off the incline, the Duke and Incline. Went to Alle- you know, went to some restaurant in Allegheny, over down there. So it was it was a good time. But working just today, leaving uh, tomorrow morning. So a short trip. But we're here to talk about the Steelers. In the past two weeks, I've uh, introed this with sadness and depression because we're losing. And yes, we came off another loss. But the vibe, Chris, it's a little different. It's a little different going to the next week, and we're going to get into that right after we talk about last week's highlights. Let's do it. So, starting off, of course, of course, of course, uh, week four, new week, time to remedy these issues we've had on offense. So with that, Mitch throws a laser to Deontay Johnson, which goes through his hands, shocker, for an interception. The Jets take that gift and drive into Steelers territory, kicking a field goal and going up three to nothing to start this game. Next Jets possession, it's second and seven, and Wilson decides to keep shoving it into our faces that he can throw into the middle of the field, and that we cannot, putting an absolute dagger into my heart. Ugh, disappointing. Second and goal for the Jets, Wilson motions his receiver and hands it off. It becomes a double reverse that is then thrown to a wide-open Zach Wilson in the end zone. Just when I thought the worst was over, Wilson gritties, and thus giving me a great idea to gritty myself into oncoming traffic. What a tough blow. Steelers remain down to the Jets, 10-0 early into the second quarter. Philly Philly special or gritty gritty special? Who knows? So it's continuing to be depressing. I'm sorry, do you want to hear some Steelers highlights? No need to fear, Boz is here, putting us up on the board where the score is now 10-3, Jets still ahead. But wait, there's more Steeler highlights. We're 33 seconds left in the half. The Jets are trying to get more points on the board, but Zach Wilson has cougar boobies in his eyes from the stands, blinding him, causing an interception by Cameron Sutton, who brings the ball all the way back to the 30-yard line. Having the mill section in Akersher was a very great plan, and it worked super well to cause a crucial takeaway and a, a crucial possession for the Jets. Then Boz does what Boz do setting a new record in Akersher, in Hines, 
who cares, is he kicks a 59-yard field goal right down the middle, easily, with tons of room, making the score 10-6, Jets at the half. What's this, though? After stopping the Jets, the, the Steelers decide to make a change at quarterback. In walks Kenny the Jet Rodriguez Pickett, and in his first NFL throw, he goes deep! And it gets picked off. Dif- disappointing start, but ultimately not his fault. Uh, Claypool should have had it. Jets on third down decided to pass. Wilson sees the wide open receiver, but he had popcorn right before the play. And the ball slips out of his hands. And Dominka, thank you, come again, Fitzpatrick, as he takes it inside the five-yard line. Huge play for the Steelers' defense as we get the ball back. It's now going to be third and goal to take away the touchdown. And after two Najee Harris runs, who can't get across the end zone, Kenny does his best Thanos and says, fine, I'll do it myself. And quarterback sneaks it in with a great second effort to put Pittsburgh up 13 to 10. Finally, the Steelers are in the lead. They're fired up. Kenny's fired up. It's Kenny time now, baby. And nobody was going to deny that man from getting a touchdown. And now I'm crying tears of joy from my eyes and from my loins. But the tears don't stop from both ends because of the next drive, Kenny drives down the field and takes it in himself for a second rushing touchdown of the day. First quarterback ever to debut with two rushing touchdowns ever in an NFL game. First quarterback ever to make me question my sexuality. What? Did I say that? Remove that from the podcast. Steelers are now up 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and we're feeling good. We're feeling alive. But the game is not over yet. Jets are third and goal, and what do they do? They throw to the mother in the middle of the field and get an easy touchdown to who? Corey Davis to come within three points. Oh my goodness, this is when my blood starts boiling and my anxiety grows to astronomical heights. But back down to earth, we fall as the Jets continue to drive the ball down the field after a interception. Uh, that Kenny throws again, unfortunately hitting Pat Firemuth in the hands, and he drops it, and the Jets do what they've been doing all game, especially in the fourth quarter, throwing the ball over the middle of the field. Like everybody does. We can't adjust, why would we? Do you like to win? I don't. More on that frustrating mindset later. But with 17 seconds left, right on the doorstop, the Jets run in for a touchdown. Pandemonium erupts as maybe there's a chance the Jets fumbled the ball. Could it be? Could we get it back? Is it possible? No. Spoiler alert, it's not possible. After many reviews, it is a touchdown. The Jets jump ahead, 24 to 20, with under 15 seconds left in the game. All hope is lost. You can tack another L onto the board. It's a very deflating way for that drive and the game to end. But what's this? Steelers on their final attempt to win the game. Kenny drops back and airs it deep into the end zone just to rile up the trolls of Twitter who didn't watch the game as Kenny throws his third and final pick and the Steelers drop to the Jets, 24 to 20. Sad, disappointing loss. Uh, but and that's the way the cookie crumbles I, on that one. I feel one. like there so, is... Steelers move on, or uh, they're moving on this next week. They are one and three. Bottom of the division. But, Chris, like I told you I, how I introed this, uh, so the, the vibe is different. It's not as depressing. Uh, it, there's something to be excited about. Sure, we lost to a team we should have beat. Sure, that's probably the season, based on the way our teams have been playing and our upcoming schedule. 
sure there's a lot of other problems, which we will discuss in this game shortly. But the biggest takeaway and the excitement moving forward is Kenny Pickett is now the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I tried not to be biased with Mitch. I tried not to. I didn't root for his downfall. I want him to win. I don't want to see us lose games. But I can't explain to you how much more excited I am to watch Kenny Pickett, regardless of the mistakes he'll make as a rookie. Right. And this is a very big thing uh, coming into, you know, now this part of the season. It's, it finally feels like a new era in Pittsburgh, which is really exciting. Obviously, it was considered a new era with Ben being gone and who's going to be the quarterback and everything. And even though you and I were very optimistic with Mitch, we felt like he had the tangibles and he, he was a mobile quarterback. He could get the ball down the field. He hadn't had a losing record in his career. Um, and so we, we felt, you know, Mitch could do it. It was a win-win situation with his contract. If he does well, obviously that's good for us and he gets paid more. If he doesn't, then, you know, it's really not a cap hit to us. And then we get to see Kenny Pickett coming into the game. And ultimately, I've said it before, I'm a huge, huge Kenny Pickett guy. I was really happy when we drafted him 20th overall. Now's the time. It is. It finally feels like the beginning. I know it's we're one and three on the season and have a long stretch of hard games coming up. But it finally feels like the page has turned. And here we are starting this brand new book. And it's kind of exciting. It's very exciting. And let's talk about, uh, since, we're on, since we're talking about Kenny Pickett, let's talk about Kenny in reviewing that game. Uh, what I'll say first, one, is that Kenny did not get any first team reps, which people say, well, of course, he's the backup. But even if you were thinking about possibly taking Mitch out, he should have gotten some first team reps. So he got zero first mm-hmm. team reps. He should have been starting this game, but they take him out. They put him in the half when they're losing. And uh, he came in and regardless of the interceptions, which we'll talk about in a bit. And I'm, I'm sure you would like to talk about that, Chris, for like you said, all the trolls on Twitter who mm-hmm. or who, who just watch the stat boxes. Um, he played it really well, in my opinion. And it was very obvious. He gave a spark to the offense. I mean, the first half, I believe uh, we were one and seven on third downs. And the second half, uh, uh, separately, I think they were six and eight, and he he was able to move the ball down the field. He made decisions. He was uh, he he could run out of the pocket with his agility. He could um, he was making some good throws. George Pickens was getting fed the ball, which is obviously a a huge uplift to the game. He was able to command it, and it didn't seem too big to him. And uh, obviously, my favorite play from Kenny Pickett, uh, as all of our favorite plays was in when he was in the red zone and Quinton Williams is coming right down his throat and Kenny stays in there and throws a dime to, to Fryermuth over the middle of the field uh, when he gets tackled down to the three and Kenny gets up and he starts talking trash. And that's, that was like, that fired me up so much. That's, that's exactly mm-hmm. what we need. Every touchdown mm-hmm. he scored fired me up because he had the passion, the energy, and I'm ready to continue to watch that. Yeah, no, Kenny brought an absolute spark to this offense. And it was something that I feel like we have been missing this whole year, right? I We always talked about we have the playmakers on offense. We have the guys to make these plays. But, you know, people were getting frustrated. You know, obviously, Mitch was 
put under fire with the throws and decisions he were making. Matt Canada, you know, really not making the best play calling out there. But to have Kenny Pickett come in at the, the second half of that Jets game, I felt like there was a brand new feeling to the entire game. And the offense was alive, you know. Looking back at the first three weeks before Kenny even got a start, I I. I don't even know how many offensive touchdowns we scored, but Kenny within one half already has two offensive touchdowns. Now, backing up on that, which is great, you know, yes, Kenny did throw three interceptions. However, to those of you who did not watch the game, you know, titter, twit, well, boy, I, I have Mitch on my mind. I said titter. Uh, uh, Twitter was blowing up, media was blowing up, everyone's making this big deal about how Kenny Pickett is really bad, how he threw three interceptions. Um, According to PFF and other sites, he really had zero um, turnover-worthy plays. If you look back, uh, Claypool should have took the high point on that first pick. Uh, If anything, it should have been an incompletion, but Claypool should have had that. Um, The one to Fryermuth. Although it wasn't the best decision Pickett could have made, it did hit Fryermuth in the hand, and he kind of volleyed it up for the defender. Uh, and then, obviously, you can't pin the last one on him. It's the last play of the game, a Hail Mary. How often do those get picked off? Probably 80% of the time they get picked yeah, off, right? Probably. So, so you can't really put that on him. If you look at his complete stat line, ignoring those three picks, he was still 10 for 13. I think that's a 77 completion percentage. Two rushing touchdowns, 120 yards he got picket uh, pickens involved which was awesome you know he had mm-hmm. pick, pickens had a hundred yard game the first of his career and that was the first hundred yard receiver that we've had since week 11 of last year yes 11 so that's crazy so moving forward it's uh i, I know some people are like oh you, you know kenny threw three picks why aren't you mad at him like you're mad at mitch the difference is, and I know Mitch is in a new system, and I know these are new coaches for him. The difference is, is I'm okay with a rookie making mistakes, especially now at one and three, where we're at. I mean, uh, truly, you guys, unless unless a miracle happens, truly, forget about playoffs, and potentially forgetting about a winning record this year. Okay, I'm not trying to be disappointing. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be a pessimist. Just trying to be real. Uh, trying to be real as as best I can. Okay, so. I would love for them to win and do all these things. And, and that'd be awesome. We'll talk about, we'll be right there with it. We're not going to say, we told you, you know, I'm not going to flip my mind. I'll be surprised if that happens, but that's the reality of situation. So now moving forward, I think the most exciting thing to watch is where we're laying the groundwork with Kenny. Like, like what does, what's Kenny going to look like in this rookie year and how can we build upon that for next year and the years to come after that? And I think it's it's more exciting. The the mistakes aren't going to bother me as much because he is a rookie. I'm hoping to learn. They bother me more with Mitch because he is a six year veteran, and uh, and he he's just boring. Kenny, at least he's he's going to sling it. He even said in his interview, he's like, "Well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm a gunslinger. I'm going to throw throw the ball around, and if picks happen, they happen." So, which who who would that make you think of him saying big, that? Big Benny. Big Ben, right? And and that's that's exciting because, I don't know, Kenny has an animosity to him, dude. Like you said, he was smack-talking players. The dude threw a pick, didn't matter. He was still smack-talking people. He's like, whatever, sure, take it. I'm still going to whoop your team. What? Like, 
like you said, put put into position, had, hadn't had any practices, but he still looked good. He still looked yes. excellent. He looked composed. He looked he was and and the thing that you and I have talked about is the reads that he was making. You know, yep. that's that's an area that Mitch struggled in all year, even in the preseason. Yep. And and Pickett just proved it to us that his reads were tremendously better. He's thrown to guys who are open, who could make a play. And yeah, he's going to make rookie mistakes. He is a rookie. It's all about growth. But that that's expected, right? You know, like Dom said, going through uh, with a veteran quarterback, you expect more, but he just wasn't doing it. So go with the rookie gunslinger. See what, yep. it, see what happens. And I, I think there's no turning back at this point. You can't go back to Mitch unless, no. you know, bearing an injury. I think that'd be the yeah, only yeah, yeah. way. Yep. But from here on out, I think it's Kenny's football team, you know, regardless of how he does. And it's it's exciting to see what happens. Now, let's talk about the negatives for the past game. And sure. I have a lot. So there's a lot of negatives with this team. In general, like I said, moving forward, I'm kind of be I'm going to be kind of watching individual performances. As kind of sad as that is, unless unless they start racking up wins, obviously. Um, but there's a lot of problems, and I think the biggest problem comes down to coaching. Whether that be, I mean, Tomlin is to blame. He really is. Uh, but with Tomlin, the coordinators, everyone, I think it comes down to coaching. They don't. The team is not playing fundamental ball on either side of the ball right now. They're uh, they're not. They're not executing the simplest assignments right now. Um, wide receivers are still running into each other. Uh, blocking's not uh, blocking scheme. I mean, the the O line's doing okay. I'm not gonna say like blocking's bad, but the schemes themselves are not always the best. We're still getting penalized a lot, especially for um, alignment up the field on like RPO plays, which is frustrating. Uh, defensively collapsed in the fourth quarter, and before I've I've given them. Uh, I've given them an excuse in the past couple of games because we they've always been on the field because our team has gone three and out consistently. We have the most three and outs in the NFL. So I've given them the benefit of the doubt there. But in the fourth quarter, or in the second half especially, Kenny was driving the ball down the field. So they were on, they, we actually won the time of possession in that game. So the being gassed isn't an excuse there. They just were, they, uh, the, Minka actually said in an interview that the Jets in the fourth quarter, changed their offensive game plan, and the Steelers did not adjust. And that happens a lot. As a common theme with the Mike Tomlin era of coaching is not adjusting. The big, the most, the biggest coaching moment I saw from Tomlin last week was putting Kenny Pickett in and going for a fourth down because he he likes to say he doesn't live in his fears, but he does. He lives very he plays very conservatively. <laughs> um, but the our biggest problem, like we didn't adjust. We don't change these game plans, and I think that's our biggest problem moving forward, right? Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I don't even know if it's fair to to call out other performances or other problems because we have so much talent on this team, we should not be playing as poorly as we are. Uh, no. So, so, so I, even though yes, Claypool isn't playing the best, right? Sure. But he, but he has the talent to play better. Maybe he'll play better with Kenny. Who knows? Uh, Najee said himself that he's not running that well, but maybe he can pick it up. Uh, but, but those are still very talented players along with the other receivers that we have, right? Defense mm-hmm. are very talented guys. I know we're missing TJ Watt. I know we have a one. I know TJ 
brings up a lot of pressure. We missed like five sacks that we should have had. And that is not Highsmith's fault, as much people like to say it is. Highsmith is, is still like the sack leader. He could have yeah. eight sacks right now in four weeks, which is nuts. He's, he's, he's playing really, really well. I'm not going to blame Alex at all. It's just unfortunate that we're not getting, you know, we, we, we unfortunately just couldn't get the wrap up. If TJ's in that game, we definitely win because he's cleaning up. He's getting the wrap ups. Um, Malik Reed's definitely not it. That's unfortunate, right? Um, it, we didn't really have another option there. We don't really have a lot of depth behind that position. But I still think from a negative <clears throat> standpoint, it's coaching. And that's why I don't think it's really going to change because this, if, if there's anything the Steelers have shown me the past three years, Chris, is that they don't change and they and they're not willing to change. We went twelve and zero or eleven and zero, and everyone uh, we started losing games, and everyone knew oh, exactly what we're going to do. We became predictable, and we're and, and everyone could see right through us. And Tom was like, "Well, no, we're eleven and one. We're not going to change. Oh, we're eleven and two. We're not going to change. Oh, we're eleven and three. We're not going to change." And it's like, "Well, you're losing games now. Something's got to change." <laughs> yeah, and uh, and. I just don't foresee that happening right now. No, they coaching has always been the same. You know, they stick to the Steeler way. They stick to the plays that they have and and the, the, the players as well. Steelers are a very loyal organization and very patient. Um, and it's very frustrating. <laughs> um, yeah. But I agree with you. I mean, if your players are coming up to you and they're and they're showing that, hey, these people are adjusting. They're not running these plays anymore. They're running this. Like, look at this. I think it's up to you as a coach to adjust to that and try to find ways to neutralize their offense or their team, however you can. Right? It's it's an ever changing game. Through four quarters, things can happen. I've seen the biggest of comebacks because people have swapped their plays. Steelers don't do that, and that's something that really needs to change. Looking at but the optimistics, it? I but don't will know. it? Because it because it hasn't. Yeah, and and, and, not, and not to catch up before the optimistics, but like when I talked about being predictable too, we're still doing that now. Someone pointed mm-hmm. out on Twitter that every time Gunner is in at receiver, I think it's like um, he's been in for twenty one offensive plays, and nineteen of them have been run plays. So it's a very Hell, it's a it's a tell to the defense that when Gunner's in, we're running the ball, and we do stuff like that all the time. We're just too predictable. We're showing offenses. What, there's no creativity in anything, and we're not changing. That's the other issue. I will say, if if there's any changes that are happening, obviously the big one at quarterback with Kenny Pickett coming in, I, I think that should have happened a while ago. But that's a change, you know. I'm at least at least stick. to start this week. Yeah. And then also, um, I did read up a little bit, especially with you, uh, you know, talking about Gunner. It sounds like Steven Sims is reporting that he's going to be the return man this week. Yeah, he's so so Gunner is going to be benched. Steven Sims is going to be the return man, which is great because he had some good uh, plays in preseason. I know a lot of people want Calvin Austin. Chris and I really want Calvin Austin. We've been excited to watch him play. I don't know if he's going to be able to play this game because he hasn't been able to practice with the team at all. He hasn't been conditioned for an NFL game yet, and he might take another extra week of practice to get onto the field. Uh, however, right. I'm, I'm excited to watch Steven Simpson turn the ball. However, however, uh, Gunner, which is also weird too, but also, I mean, our whole offense has been bad. Let's, let's put it that way. 
Um, but he was really promising in training camp and preseason as a receiver. So where's yeah. that been? Is he going to be benched as a receiver too? Because where's that? Why can't we use him? Kenny actually in training camp, he said this too. He, he had a great relationship with Gunner throwing him the ball. They built a chemistry together. So maybe Kenny likes throwing the ball to Gunner too. Are you going to bench him as a receiver? Because he actually did well at that. And where's yeah. he been this whole time? That's that that's confusing to me too. So it'll be interesting to see in this next game if Gunner is actually like benched, benched, or just for returns. Because I think Steven mm-hmm. Sims is a is a good receiver too. But we haven't even got a chance to see Gunner as a, as a receiver. And I heard so much about how good he did in the offseason. Yeah. So I'd like to see that first before I decide to cut him, <laughs> you know. Oh, I totally agree. It'll be interesting to see how things move forward, especially with Kenny Pickett at helm. Um Looking optimistically into this upcoming week and the rest of the season, obviously we're rolling high with Kenny, which is super exciting. Uh, you know, Calvin Austin, like you said, is finally uh, off of IR and he's started that 21 day uh, window. It sounds like he is returning to practice today is what I was reading, right? Yeah, um, uh, yesterday, right? Yes, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Okay, yep. so... He started his return to practice. I'm sure he's hungry to get in there. I, I think it'll be exciting having his speed and especially into the middle of the field, seeing where we what we can do with that. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be playing this week uh, just because he's been out for so long and, you know, starting practice for the first time on a Wednesday when you play on Sunday. I don't know if that's enough time, but we'll see what happens. And then yeah. also the other optimistic point is we will be getting TJ Watt back soon. Um you know, Dom and I have talked on that before, whether we want to wait until after the bye week to make sure that he's healthy or to get him in there, especially during this long streak. Uh, but, you know, transitioning from that long streak, let's talk about that a little bit. And I yeah, feel I was, like I was, I was going to say, let's let's talk about that briefly. I, well, so first off, I actually, yeah, let's get into it and then I'll bring up my point later. So the next four weeks are going to be easily the biggest challenge for the Pittsburgh Steelers as we face four playoff teams and easily the best teams in the NFL so far. Right. So this upcoming week we play the bills and the bills are a Super Bowl favorite. They, they have been since the preseason They're They're looking really, really good. Of course, Josh Allen's an amazing quarterback. Uh, and then we go Tampa Bay, Miami, and then the Eagles, who are the only undefeated team. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a long stretch. I it's kind of interesting putting a rookie quarterback in that position, but like I don't know, Dom, I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how Kenny's going to react in those situations. He's going to have to get used to it eventually. It's the gauntlet for sure. It's definitely the gauntlet yeah. to to throw him into the fire. Uh, and I think we're starting to break with it with TJ too. The interesting thought is. And I don't have an answer for you right now until more games happen. But the interesting thought is, what do you do with TJ when he becomes healthy? I know there's been reports that maybe he could play next week against Tampa Bay. I doubt it. Maybe he could. My thing is, is that was such a... He looks... I've seen practice videos. He looks good in practice, right? But that's that was such a hard injury and a bad, and a bad injury. Why risk a re-injure uh, when we're potentially not that good of a team potentially that is one thought to have yeah so let's say he uh, let's say we're uh, he misses next week's game too uh and let's just assume hypothetically we lose the next two 
you're, you're talking one and six at that point, or one and five, I guess. And TJ, maybe he can come back. Do you want him to come back, or do you want to save him for the back half and give him some more rest because we're one and five? Or, or, or is the mindset, hey, we're one and five. We need, we need wins right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a. T- I, I can't really make that call right now. But all I'm going to say is like it would really suck to re-injure TJ Watt, uh, who is a generational player for us. Who it was defensive player of the year in a year where we could potentially go six and eleven. Um, yeah, it'd be it'd be really tough to do that. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what. But I think what is going to play a factor to that, Chris, like you said, is how Kenny does in his in his next four games of this gauntlet. Right. Uh, which we'll talk about each game as they come along. But let's talk about the Bills coming up. Okay. So we're losing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. we're, we're, we're definitely going to lose the Bills. We're, we'll talk about our keys to possibly win this game. But here's sure. my thought with this with this Bills game. Um, because our, our, our whole secondary is injured. I don't know if, how many of them are going to be back. Uh, yeah, Josh Allen's, eyes, eyes yeah, Josh Allen's going to throw for like eight touchdowns. It's whatever. <laughs> okay, don't I, I, when, when you watch the game this weekend, unless it's close for some reason, don't even worry about when the Bills offense is on the, on the field. Honestly, go to the bathroom. Get a snack. <laughs> They're going to score a touchdown. Come right back. Watch the offense. Because in my mind, Chris, I know people are going to say this is a loser mentality, but this is right now to me, until we start stacking wins, this is about the future. If Kenny Pickett could score more than 24 points against the Bills, uh, against the number one defense, who also has a lot of injuries. I'll keep that in mind. If he could score more than 24 points, I will take that as a victory all day long. And I'll be pretty content on Sunday if we can score... 27 to 30 points. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> uh, I agree with you. I, I, do, I do think uh, playing the Bills is absolutely going to be, um, you know, the worst and we're probably going to get annihilated. But um, I, I don't think there's necessarily only a negative connotation behind those words. Uh, like you said, uh, this is Kenny's first start and we're, we're going against easily a Super Bowl contender team. Uh, yeah. So if he can go out there and if he can score points, you know, like you said, if, if he puts up 25 or more points in this game, even if we score 30 points, you know, and I've told you this before, the optimist in me comes out, right? Because I'm like, yeah, yeah. if we're putting up, if we're putting up these numbers against the bills and, you know, looking at the next four weeks, I, I could see us as maybe an underdog in, in some of those games. You know, I'm not going to say I feel like I'm still going to pick us pick us for some losses, but some games that I could see if if our offense really explodes and, and develops an identity in this week, you know, who's to say that we can't maybe squeak out two of the next four, especially with uh, Miami being away with, uh, you know, Tua and not having him anymore, potentially. Unfortunately. No, super unfortunate. And yeah. then Tom Brady and the Bucks, And I know Tom Brady is a history of tearing apart our defense and we always lose right. to him. But the Buccaneers really aren't looking that good this year. You know what they're I mean? Looking, they're not looking consistent. No, and not at all. So I, I completely agree. So it's kind of like watch this week, see what happens. Maybe we can adjust. Because I think right now when you think about this team in the next four games, you're kind of thinking 0-4. And you're thinking about going into yes. the, the bye week at 1-7. and which, again, sucks, but it is what it is. That's kind of like what we're going towards this year. However, like, like Chris just said, if you can sneak out some wins against the Bucks, against the Dolphins, potentially, or even against one of these powerhouse teams, 
right? I think we're going to get destroyed by the Bills. But who's to say that um, they don't come out there op- super optimistically and Kenny is playing out of his mind, right? I'm not going to expect that from Kenny. He's a rookie. This is his first start in Buffalo, which is a very tough place to play. I'm not going to expect the world from him. But what if he does? What what's 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 to you? What if he does and he shocks the Bills and they're like, whoa, what the? Well, like this wasn't on tape. We can't stop this kid. And the, it gives the defense enough time to to somehow slow down Josh Allen, which seems impossible too. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, what if there's a way? Mm-hmm. What if there's a way they sneak out a win, right? Then the mentality immediately after one week starts changing. And now you can maybe start racking things up. You can maybe start doing some things. And that's, that's where you start talking about how fast can TJ come back to make us even stronger as a team. Mm-hmm. But as for right now, I'm just going to look for the offense. Can they score points? Can these individual players get better? Can Claypool catch a pass over the, in the slot? Can Deontay not drop a pass? Can Najee find the right holes? Can Jalen Warren get more than three touches a game? Can Kenny score 27 points? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's uh, uh, that's what I'm looking for in this game. Yes, totally agree. Uh, looking looking at the game, too, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting one, uh, especially looking at uh, the injury report and everything. I just looked up the Bills injury report and I didn't know this. They have 16 players. Yeah, yeah it's a long list. <laughs> Granted, yeah. I think three of those are like resting players just, you know, for, you know, resting purposes <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah but still it's a it's a long list and and it sounds like they're gonna go without a lot of their defensive backs so the way i imagine this game Just going because. is it's <laughs> yeah it, it's it's going to be uh on both sides a good front seven against uh you know a jv uh high school backfield uh on, on both yeah. sides and, so and the thing is, i mean like, like well, not to cut you off chris but the thing is is, is like we said too with uh, I think this is, you, you, if you want to watch Kenny play, this is the game to watch him play because the Bills are going to score a lot of points. They're going to score them quick. We got to just chuck the ball nonstop. Kenny could throw forty-five passes in this game, just just because. Uh, in in a professional team's mind, they're never they don't view themselves as like an underdog, even though we as the fans do. So Tomlin's never like the, the one thing I'll say about Tomlin is never going to roll over and die. He's going to say, "Oh, we can beat the Bills." So they might throw 45 times just to like keep pace with the Bills. Mm-hmm. They're going to see a lot of throwing in this game. But anyways. Yeah. Uh, keys of the game? Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll try. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I, I got a couple of them. Are you ready? So keys yeah. of the game. Yeah, I missed that. Uh, you know, yeah, seriously, <laughs> I did too. Uh, so my keys of the game, I, I have a few of them. But first off is uh, obviously knowing that we're going to be in a position to throw and we want to make Kenny as successful as possible. Uh, it's going to be very challenging, but we have to open up a run game to some extent because or else like the predictability will keep coming and they're going to know we're going to throw. And it's just going to make it harder and harder for Pickett in his first start. So I don't care what it is. We have to get something going. Najee has to find some holes and those offensive linemen have to open them up. So we have to get a run game going. Yeah, and let me talk about that with you. I think I'll, I think I'll just add on to your keys to the game, if, sure. if you don't mind. That is a great key to the victory and also shows how hard that's going to be. Because, yep, yep if, if, if you want, a, you're right. If you want a victory, you need to do that. The reason why it's going to be so hard is because the defense ha- or the Bills have the number one defense in the NFL, and their front seven is very, very good. The only weakness right now is their secondary being so injured. 
So if somehow, I don't know how you do it, but if somehow you can establish a run game, Chris, and you can extend those drives and keep the Bills off the fi- the Bills offense off the field, you're right. That's a big key to victory, but that's going to be a very tall task. And I'm not really expecting it, but it is going to, but that is a great key. If it even happens at all. I mean, take a, take a look at last year. I think Najee and, and granted it was his first start, but he had 16 carries for 45 yards against the bills. And right. They're a tough team to run against. And he's been kind of doing that now to other teams. So it's, yeah. it, it is going to be tough. Um, uh, I agree with you though. That is a key to do that, to sustain longer drives, to keep the bills off the field, the offense. Yeah. Yes. Uh, second key of the game, uh, which is, I feel like, always a big for us, but especially since uh, our defensive backs are going to be depleted, we have to apply pressure to Allen to get him to do any kind of offsetting throws. We have also, to, have to, have to. Yeah. Also, again, seems like an impossible task. Agreed that that is a key to victory, but with our secondary being gone, the middle of the field being exposed consistently, and Highsmith is great, but Hayward's been non-existent with T.J. Watt out. T.J. Watt still mm-hmm. being out. Malik Reed's non-existent. Uh, you're looking at a fat chance, in my opinion, to get... A, I don't know if we'll get a sack in this game. Um, because Josh Allen also runs with his legs, and he's strong. This dude's like 7'2". 7'2", 250. I don't know, I don't know what his, his, <laughs> his, his exact measurements, but he's, he's a big dude. He's strong. He runs fast yeah. for a guy that... It's going to yeah. be tough to, to, get, to sack him. Uh, so I, so you're also correct. That is a key to victory to get in sacks. Don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to happen this week. <laughs> you want to hear my last one? Yep. Uh, keeping the defense off the field and time of possession. Again, yes, these are keys to wins. However, I don't care even if every, if, if not every drive has to end in some kind of score. It does if we want to win this game because we have to put up about 65 to beat the Bills. But... Um, time of possession is going to be huge. Our, our defense is already depleted. We got to give them the rest that they need. So that way we can, you know, stay on top of it and, and, you know, drive at a high level. Uh, again, that's going to be very, very hard. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Kenny proved it last week with his third down conversions. We can move the ball with him in there and he provides that spark. We just got to keep the ball for at least a, a couple more minutes, every single drive. So that way Defense can get adequate rest if we're going to have any chance in this game. Yep. Okay. Um, again, agree completely. I crystals are great keys to the keys to the game. Uh, if you're listening at home, I think that's exactly what we need. Just the thing is, realistically, can we do it? I, I'm not so sure. However, just like you, um, just like just like Chris, just like you at home. I will be extremely excited if that happens. I'll be super pumped. I'm not going to, and I'll come back next week and I'll be like, holy smokes, we pulled it off. A miracle. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I called it <laughs> or that I knew all along because mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to win. Um, yeah. But but you know what would be a classic Steeler, a Steeler move, Chris, is because I've, in my head, I've already said, oh, in this game, I'm just going to go into it watching the offense. And I'm just going to take it easy and relax because I'm expecting a loss. I just want to see like how we do almost like watching a preseason game, kind of like, like not really caring about the loss. Right. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to take it easy. I'm not going to feel so anxious and worried, but it'd be a classic Steeler move to lose this game, but keep it really, really close 
so that I have hope that we could win <laughs> and then be yeah. heartbroken by the end. Yeah. Hey, that's the Steeler way, right? Especially For like sure. in our game against uh, Chargers last year. We were yep. like, we're going to get blown out. And then we came back and we were like winning for a stint. And then we're like, stop, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, totally. I, this, this is good. Could we win? But uh, all, the last thing I was going to say about it is uh, a message to some Steeler media and fans out there. Um, please just refrain from, you know, putting a lot of pressure on Pickett. I, I'm sure he doesn't see a lot of the stuff, but people obviously, and I get it, are in the mindset of winning. We've never seen a losing season. I don't want to see a losing season, but putting the stress of being like, Pickett better throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns. Like, yeah, I would, I would love that. That would be like, wow, this, this kid is, is insane. And I think he has the, he's capable of doing it. However, uh, look at what he's facing. It's literally David yeah. and Goliath right now. Right. Like, yeah, just, yeah just for sure. Let the man work in his capacity. I'm sure he'll be throwing more often than we'd like him to, but at the same time, I mean, heck anything beats the 170 yards that Trubisky puts up each week. So realistically, even if even if Pickett threw for 250 or 200, but we had like a successful day and we had good running and and some a couple touchdowns, I'll be happy with it. Even if throws even if he throws a couple picks too, depending on how they are, I'll be. Yeah, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be because he's, he's a rookie, like you said. Speaking of the rookie. media too, because uh, uh, Najee had a great point where he took some blame last week for the way he uh, runs the ball and he's looking to get better. And they talked to him about Mitch and the offense in Matt Canada. And he said, um, we're not worried about that. But you and the media like to to make us worried about that. And you ask us questions. You kind of pit us against each other or makes it sound like that. Um, but like, but like truly, we're not worried about it. And a lot of people in the media took offense to it and thought that Najee was calling them out or blaming the offensive struggles on you. Bro, get off your high horse. Shut up. Okay. Yeah. We, I, I guess we're technically media too, but for all media, shut up, okay? It's mm-hmm. it's not about you. Najee was taking complete blame. Stop twist. You immediately took that sort of twisting words, okay? Just I, I know no one's gonna listen to this, but like I just I I could rant on that for a lot longer. I won't. But yeah. good God, just <laughs> shut up, please. Um, yeah. Okay. So we, we've, I think we've talked a lot about, uh, about a lot of good stuff, Chris. Um, Talked about Kenny a bunch, which is obviously we're all, all very excited. Um, since we're not really doing predictions anymore because <laughs> I match will get smoked. Uh, do you want to kind of just run through the NFL games? Yeah, let's though? do it. Oh, but stat prediction: Kenny Picky Pickett three three fifty yards, uh, four tutties. Uh, <laughs> easy easy game. Steelers by fifty. Yeah, I was gonna say eight touchdowns, but yeah, that's fine. We can do four. And by 50, I mean 50 yards, but we lose by 60 points. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me look up uh, the NFL uh, schedule. I uh, I already know that we are off on a couple of these, so it'll be... I have a oh, feeling. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, I might have to change. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Tonight, a barn burner. Two high-powered offenses. Colts and Broncos. <laughs> Mm. I remember thinking about this game and and hearing Colts first and going, well, I'll pick the other team because the Colts are bad. And then I heard the Broncos and I said, they're worse. 
Uh, yeah, so, I saw a tweet that said, I can't wait to watch Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams to really perk up my week. <laughs> yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess that being said, uh, I'm, I think I'm going to go Broncos just because they're well. home. I am as well. Uh, Giants at Packers in London. Char- shout oh, out to Charlie. London game. I don't know. I don't know if Charlie, if you're going to be at that game or if you're at last week's game with Minnesota. Um, but yeah, in London. Charlie, I know it probably costs an arm and a leg, but this is your chance, man. Go, go and see some, some NFL football. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be good. Well, last week was uh, good. I don't, know about, I don't know about this game, but <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I I think I said the Packers. I did as well. Or I which was kind well. of a hard pick, but yeah, I agree. I don't think the Packers are really that good, but their schedule is pretty easy this year. So I think they're going to rack a lot of wins and then probably do the classic Green Bay thing and lose in the playoffs. Because um, I was looking at their full schedule, their schedule is not <clears> very <throat> difficult. Um, Who do they play? Us good. every week. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I don't think they're really that good. Uh, next is Lions at Patriots. Oh, I remember what I picked for this one. Uh, I also didn't realize that the Patriots beat the Packers last week. I thought the Packers pulled out a win. Uh, they did? Yeah. What? I didn't know that. Well, no I think that's so. Not, that's not true. I was looking at the QB. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Pats won. No, Packers won. An OT. Oh, did did they? Yeah, an OT. All right, for all you listening, I do. I am a football fan. I do pay attention to football. I just I was I was in Florida. I was not paying no attention to the. Yeah, I'm another, sorry. Uh, another rookie quarterback in that game, Bailey Zap. For the yeah, and he's about to get zapped by the Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh, I agree. I, I did say Detroit, even though a fun fact, they are number one scoring offense in the NFL and number 32 uh, points per game defense in the NFL. Yes. Yeah. Which which is like what I saw from them in the preseason, too. I remember when I played them, I was like, ooh, their offense looks pretty good. And I was like, ooh, their defense looks really bad. I'm going to pick the Lions mm-hmm. as well in this game. I think their offense is going to be better, especially if Amon Ra comes back. They're going to be tough to stop, I think. Uh, Chargers at Browns. That's a tough one. Uh, Chargers, not a tough one. Go Bolts. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think I am saying Chargers as well. But man, it's. Uh, it was really tough because the Chargers have a lot of injuries. And but like it's the Browns, I don't know. I don't know what they get with the Browns. They lost to the Falcons last week. But like, if they just run the ball with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they like win every game they play. But they like stop running the ball against the Falcons. Um, and Cleveland's becoming a tougher place to play. Miles Garrett's back from his car injury, uh, his car crash injury. Uh, Chargers lost their tackle. I don't know. I'll say Chargers as well, but mostly, mostly because I'm praying for it. I'm praying on the Browns' downfall, so I'll say Chargers as well. Yeah, and it looks like Keenan Allen has missed another practice, so I don't know if he's going to be coming back. But I don't know, dude. I, I still I, realistically, Chubb is their entire team, so right. I don't know. I feel like the Browns could easily win. Like if the Browns win, I wouldn't be surprised. But I would love yeah. a loss. Um, Texans at Jaguars. Uh, at Trev Daddy, of course. I gotta go with. I gotta go with my boy. He had a rough week last week with four fumbles. Uh, it's not gonna happen again. <laughs> the dude uh, put stick him on his hands. It's gonna be good. They also played the, the best team, one of the best teams in the league last year, uh, last week. Uh, and I'm they scored with- quite a bit, right? They did. They were ahead for a while. 
Um, ah. I'm going to go with the Jaguars, too. I think they're a better team. I've not picked them in the past. I will look through their schedule, Chris. I think they could be a good team. I think they're a playoff team, potentially, this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I going, totally I'm, agree. I'm going Jaguars as well. Falcons at Buccaneers. Uh, Bucks, even though I hope the Falcons, because I just don't like the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick Buccaneers as well. The only thing, so I want to touch, I just want to say something real quick. I don't, I don't like when the media has been talking about Tom Brady's personal life because mm-hmm. that's not that's not football. Uh, yeah. We're not going to talk about that. And, you know, that's really sad, whatever he's going through. But someone had mentioned uh, to me, like, oh, what if he, like, quits playing because of what's going on in his life? And I go, it's two, one of two things are going to happen in Tom Brady's age. He's either going to quit playing or, or play bad because of this, of what's going on in his life is so hard to deal with. Or he's going to turn on, like, the... Kobe Bryant mindset and just go off and win an eighth ring. <laughs> I don't also, know. <laughs> I, I, this isn't a joking matter. Obviously a divorce right. is, is really tough, but at the same time, do you think he's going to quit because of a divorce? He quit being a dad because he missed football <laughs> for 40 days. So I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's his, uh, it's he, a tough one. He, it's, it's a tough thing. Like I, 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 uh, that's the only jokes we'll make. That's the only tough thing about it. I, I, it's really sad. That it t- I don't wish a divorce on anybody, obviously. Um, but uh, I really do think it's, he could go either way. He could either like kind of it could distract him from playing, or he could uh, win his eighth ring and throw like fifty touchdowns. I don't know. Uh, Steelers pure at anger. <laughs> yeah, Steelers at Bills. Bills. Yeah, Bills. Uh, Dolphins at Jets. Uh... I still this think really, Dolphins can pull it this off. This is really hard for me to choose. I think I said Dolphins too. I said Jets and I switched it, but I think I'm saying Dolphins as well. It's really hard to choose on that one. Uh, Bears at Vikings. The Vikings. Yeah. Bears <laughs> garbage. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Vikings. Uh, Titans and Commanders, two teams that piss me off. Uh, Titans. I think I'm doing that as well. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I, the Titans, I don't know... Who they are, they make me mad. Commanders make me mad. Either team could win, makes me mad. Um, Seahawks at Saints. Uh, I said the Seahawks. Geno Smith is playing out of his mind. I think I did too. I think I said Seahawks too, because he is playing really, really well. And the Saints, all sort of team that pissed me off, because I don't know how to view them either. Uh, 49ers at Panthers. Uh, 49ers. 49ers. Also, I told you. They beat the Rams. They got the Rams number, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Eagles at Cardinals. So this one is actually really tough for me. Even though I think the safe answer is going Eagles, I really, really wanted to pick Arizona because I feel like Me too. Eagles Eagles good, are really, really upset. It is a it is a great upset. Uh, Eagles are a great team. They're really scary. They're high scoring and powerful. However, I they're not going to stay undefeated for super long. Right, I definitely we'll don't see, think they'll get to the double digits at least of wins. Well, okay, before. so 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 before you to answer, and this is why I, I, I so we do a we do an NFL pool with our parents as well uh, for the people listening at home, and uh, I said Eagles for um, our our my my mom <laughs> for our mom, <laughs> so for the safe answer. But I went and checked out their whole schedule, Chris, and I was predicting their wins, and they don't really have a hard schedule, and I got to like twelve wow. and zero. Before I gave him a loss, and I gave him an upset loss to the Giants, so that almost oh. makes me feel like that almost makes me feel like I want to say Cardinals here, be so I could give him a loss somewhere because <laughs> I 
because I, I just kept picking them and I was like, well, when are they going to lose a game? And mm. I think this is a good upset game for them, potentially. It is that gut feeling that the Cardinals are going to win it. However, I'm going to stick with my original pick and I'm going to stay with the Eagles. Okay, I'm going to say Cardinals because in my prediction, okay. I've had them going like 12-0 and and I think that's hard to do. <laughs> I just think this could be where the losses. It's got to uh, be, yeah. Cowboys at Rams. This is also a tough one, but I feel like, uh, I, I don't know, because I, I believe Dak is coming back. Not this week. And not this week? It's still Cooper th- Rush? I think so. Oh, then I'm sticking with my answer. Go Cowboys. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, I for whatever reason, I, I feel less... Like it, it, Cooper Rush is four and zero right now with his with he since he like in his starts and whatever and I don't know he's he's pulling it off and and the the Rams are looking not good and and uh, Stafford only throws to Cup and Higby so uh, unless he can <laughs> open that up uh, I I don't see the Rams being nearly as successful this year as they were last year. Well, I agree with that. I don't think they're going to be as successful. I am not a Cooper Rush believer yet. But I probably will be if they win this game. I'm going to go Rams for now. So you're a uh, Cooper Cup believer. Always. The best part of waking up is throwing the Cooper Cup. The Cup. <laughs> uh, Bengals at Ravens. That's a good game. Uh, Sunday night. Gosh, Sunday I think night I... game. I might actually watch that game. So it is a good game. I do think I said the Ravens because they're home. I did too. So the Ravens yeah. as well. Um, Raiders at Chiefs for Monday night. Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next week to talk about, um, regardless of the outcome, I think we're going to be, I expect us to actually be excited. I don't think we're going to be too sad. But but regardless, we'll be back next week to give an analysis on this game and preview next week's game. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, and uh, give me another one, Chris. I always give one all the time. Uh, Club Penguin. Yep, there you go. And Club Penguin. Uh, I am your host, Dominic. As always with me is my brother, Chris. And we will see you guys next week. Chris, do you have any final words? Uh, yeah, I have a few. Okay, yeah, uh, a lot go more. Steelers. Oh, yeah, there you go. Change it up. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.